0: Welcome, everybody. This is uh, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Jesse Craig, Director of Development at uh, PWCC. We're going to hear from uh, Jesse about uh, some of the exciting things going on at PWCC, but also I I do have sponsors that I want to thank. Tops Panini and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Hugs and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and Beckett Media, of course, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So welcome, Jesse. I guess... We'll just uh, jump right into it. Sure, let's do it. uh, I sampled some PWCC services and was pleased with what happened because I like to try anonymously to check out what's going on in the industry. And it it was a well-run auction. I obviously have auction sponsors too, but Mm -hmm. you guys have a certain niche and explain that niche. Because here's my first question to you. For many years, I've always thought, what happens to the widow? You know, the, the generally the husband's the one with the collection, but the dude has a great collection. The wife doesn't know that much about it, and then the husband passes away, and the uh, the wife says, "Now what do I do now?" And so, explain PWCC to somebody that would be like a widow that would be a deer in the headlights of how you could provide a service for somebody that had a had a great collection.
1: Sure. So I think you said it best is we provide a service and and that service that we provide, we try to meet the needs of the overall, whether it's a collector, investor, or like you said, widow. We have a platform to sell really expensive cards, which is our premier auction where cards that are over 25K. We will do a 360 image, a custom video, lots of marketing, all that good stuff. So we try to highlight the asset in its best of its ability. Uh, but then we also have a platform, which is our new monthly auction. It used to be on eBay. Now it's on our own platform where we sell everything else from the $10 card to the $25,000 card. We want the ability for each collector investor to have, you know, that liquidity option when they need it. On top of that, we obviously have our vault and our vault services where you can digitally archive your collection. You can access it from anywhere in the world. If you don't want to sell your cards and you would need a loan, a short-term loan for something, let's say you have a $100,000 portfolio, you need 30, 40 grand. You can do that and you can take a loan against your assets. So uh, liquidity for our clients is is a big, uh, big focus of ours and building the systems and the tools to support that.
0: Okay, let's get back to The Widow. The mm-hmm. Widow has a collection and many of the Widows that I know that are from collectors that at major collections where the husband passed away and had great stuff, not all of it qualifies for your premier auction. Sure, sure. And uh, and some of it, uh, a lot of it probably, even if they have vintage collections. So a lot of it, I don't think you really want $10 cards, but if, let's just say they're $10 and lower.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: These things. So l- let's focus on that, uh, the middle and lower category. So the uh, 100 to $1,000 cards, mm-hmm. uh, you've got a place for them for the under $100 and certainly under $10 what do you advise in your service orientation because there's an 80-20 rule you're going to get 80% of your value from 20% of the cards sure but you still want to uh, optimize the value for that widow
1: yeah platform supports everything now what i would say is being frank and honest our departure from ebay the one thing that is going to take the longest for us to catch up on is that is the masses and getting uh, the buyers in there for the let's say sub 100 dollar cards so that's just i think everybody with you know half a brain knows that's going to take a little bit more time for us to build that book of clients to be able to get record pricing for the cheaper stuff. But we still do have the venue. If they want simplicity, if they want that done all in one place, if they have $50 cards, $500 cards, $5,000 cards, all those across the board, we can handle them all. Um, The sub $10 cards, we don't specialize in by any means, um, but we can do group lots. So if you have 10 cards that are sub 10 bucks and they're similar and we can create a group lot out of it, we can do that and we can sell it as a group lot.
0: Okay, I'm a pro bono consultant. So I'm just thinking, do you really want to be in that business?
1: Us as a company? yeah.
0: I mean, for $50 cards or $50 lots, you have a brand that Mm -hmm. is increasingly
1: being recognized. We want to cater to everybody. And look, I know you can't do it all. So maybe we're not the preeminent venue for $50 cards, but it's not like we don't take them. So sometimes people want simplicity, right? You have a hundred cards, maybe some of them fall in the $50 category and some fall in the $500 category or higher, and you just want to send them all to one place. You don't want to split them up. So it's not like we don't take those. Maybe it's not our bread and butter. And maybe that is better trying to sell on eBay. But your net is what really matters too. And you have unpaids, and you have returns and you have all these things. And so the hassle of selling on eBay for an individual can be pretty great. We have obviously experience and we manage all that for you and we sell it.
0: When I had my company, we had to figure out what are we good at? What do we stand for? Where do we want to focus? We got spread pretty thin as, as well when we were taking on all sports and seemingly all comers. But OK, so you've got a, a one-stop shop for that widow. Mm-hmm. If there's stuff that is just not very good at all, you, you'd separate that out. And and we, we do
1: turn stuff away. Don't get me wrong. If, if something well, comes I, in I, and it's well, not well, worth I'm it. I'm saying the, the,
0: the, the you go over to the widow has 10,000 cards. Mm-hmm. A thousand of them have most of the value. Sure. You know, another few thousand of them can be grouped up, but then there's hundreds or thousands that are just not, and you would maybe bulk them out or refer them to somebody else.
1: It's it's um, possible. And then we only sell graded cards or factory sealed as well. If there's a bunch of stuff that's ungraded, we would try to advise them on how to get that graded and get that all slabbed up because we don't deal with, you know, third-party authentication. We just resell their product.
0: Having said that, there's been a movement in the industry of acquisitions and mergers and collaborations Uh, Are there any groups that PWCC prefers to work with in terms of grading or other auction houses that have minimal overlap with you? Or is this basically what comes to PWCC stays at PWCC?
1: There's companies that we we work with, we have relationships with. I wouldn't say that they're quote unquote public relationships. We have professional relationships with certain companies and friendlies and different auction houses that we consult with. And same thing with grading companies, but it's about what the client really wants and needs. So that's really what comes first. We figure out what they want and need. And then if it's not a good fit for us, then we usually send it somewhere else. We specialize in trading cards but we still get a lot of leads from higher end memorabilia. And I usually refer those out to some of those auction house partners that that we're friendly with.
0: Yeah. The operative word there is that if you're dealing with a collector, the actual collector, he or she, it could be a she, but generally a he Mm -hmm. knows what he wants. And you're talking to an educated customer that wants to maybe cash in some cards with the case of the widow. Not necessarily. You've got to really advise them what's in their best interest mm-hmm. in terms of if you had a large collection, would you expect to turn it in six months? Would that be one of your edges, three months?
1: I think it depends on the collection, to be honest with you. It depends on how diverse it is. If it's not going to compete with itself, then yeah, I think three to six months is totally fine. If there's duplicates or multiples of certain cards, if they're more rare, I think that it just really depends on what assets are in that collection because. I've seen collections, in my opinion, get butchered the way they were sold. If they would have advised the owner of those items to take longer to sell them, I think they could have got two or three X what they ended up getting. And also with grading, if you find a collection that has a lot of cards you don't see get graded very often and you grade them all at the same time, it's going to affect the pop report. And in turn, it's going to affect the overall value of those assets. So there's a lot of different ways to play. It just really depends on what's in there.
0: I'm talking to you. I had a positive interaction with Eric Myers just recently, and you know, I've met Brent before. You're saying that PWCC is a service kind of organization. And it seems to me it's a little more of a sales organization, but is is that semantics? No, like-
1: we build tools to provide a service for our clients. So yes, we are selling assets, but we also have storage, we have lending, and we have all these different tools for the collector or investor. You can look at it however you want, sales, service. It's probably a combination of both. But for us, we're becoming more of a tech company and the tech we're building and the services we're able to offer to our clients is uber important. And sales falls into that. Being able to sell an asset, obviously, and get them the highest net is something that we focus
0: on. My distinction is, I think in our company, when we were going, we didn't do a lot of outbound marketing. It's not that we were totally taking orders. We were continually perfecting our mousetrap and investing in technology. But it was like, if we build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. It seems like you guys are a little more aggressive. And so I was just wondering, what does what your typical day look like? Because are you outbound or are you having people contact you? Because with COVID, me, me personally? Probably on the
1: phone or Zooming. Yeah. You talk about me personally, personally with my deal. Do. A lot of it's inbound. I'm, I guess that would be servicing, right? So I'm servicing a lot of people that are reaching out to me. Now I do have a sales team. So my sales team does a lot more outbound than I do. I have different roles and you know responsibilities for the company though. I'm not just in a sales position relationships and, and those kind of things are, are very important for what I do and the leadership of the company. When you try to break it down from a sales to a service perspective, it's probably a good blunt because obviously sales drives our business and drives our bottom line. But also if we don't have the services and all the tools that we provide to all of our client, the sales aren't there either. So it's a combo for us.
0: You understood what I said about the 80-20 rule. Is that- Totally. Is that applies in from what you've seen?
1: It, it does, it does. 80% of the sales only create 20% of your, your revenue or your bottom line, but that's the masses too. So that's 80% of your clients then creating 20% of your revenue, but they're also super important because that's a baseline and the bloodline of a lot of what you do and a lot of your supply. So bringing people to the market, to our marketplace, on our website, that 80% is very critical, even though it might not net us the highest return as the more expensive cards because it's a percentage game, but they're still very important to our business as a whole.
0: Okay. Back to the the widow. Trust you has gotten good recommendations, sends you this collection. And you can see that it's a bunch of stuff that's graded, a bunch of stuff that could be graded and and you're pleased with it. She asked for your advice, whether she should be doing auction format or buy it now, a fixed price. What, what do you say to her when she's not that
1: knowledgeable? But what does it depend on? It depends on the cards that are in there. And look, I always give my honest opinion. Uh, you can ask anybody that's ever worked for me in this industry. I've told people not to sell cards numerous times if I don't feel like it's right. I've hired a, a team of sales guys to do the same thing. Always just say what you really believe. We don't have to get the sale right now. Eventually you do the right thing. It'll come to you. I would just tell her whatever I thought was in her best interest. If there's a A rare unique card that was more risky selling at auction. I'd probably tell them to put a fixed price. If there was something more of a commodity, then you've got those comps there. It's easy to sell at auction, go ahead and let it run. The seasonality of the card or the sport, if it's a modern player or vintage, a lot of factors that really go into play when you're giving someone advice. It's just really an experience thing. There's no book for it. Just someone who's been in it, that's seen it, that's dealt a lot of different collections and seen a lot of different grading aspects for each grading company. All of that knowledge goes into what you would recommend for that widow. There's a lot
0: of situations where over the years guys would come up to me and say, I don't think I want to sell now. I think I'm going to wait till it, till it goes up. Now, if that was 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, that's different than 2021 right now. <laughs>
1: right, Somebody's
0: right. waiting for the cards to go up. But actually you're saying there's a third choice for the widow that you could sell fixed price, Mm-hmm. Uh, you would help them establish maybe a stretch price for it sure. uh, or let it go in auction or you could say yeah. oh, and you'd be yeah. waiting based on seasonality you'd be wait, waiting based on the trend that's that's emerging
1: and it depends on their personal needs too so if she came to me and said that you know she needed x amount of dollars immediately then that might change the narrative of the conversation But if it was, I've got time, I just want to maximize my dollars on this, then that changes it as well. All these factors go into what you relay to them and what kind of advice you give based on the assets that they have.
0: One clear advantage, the Oregon advantage.
1: It's a big advantage.
0: Uh, Let's just set that aside. But other than that, are you having a little bit of a competitive advantage with your fees, the way you're structuring things now? For example, in the grading world, when one company raises or lowers prices, if it's a significant company, the others respond. They don't Mm -hmm. necessarily respond like you would think, but they respond. Have you caused
1: some other auction houses? I think so, especially with our premier auction. Traditionally, we've had a a seller's commission model. And then when we came out with the premier auction, we had that buyer's 20% premium. And we came out fairly aggressive. We said any card that sells for under 250 k we would give 10% or half of that buyer's premium back to the seller. So if a card sold for 100K, buyer pays 120, that seller would get 110. And that's a fairly aggressive baseline rate just out the gate. And then anything between 250 and a million is 112.5%. Anything over a million, we give give 115 back. I think we just came to the gate with our rate structure and nobody really publicly says what their rates are. These auction houses would have buyer's premium outside of us, but I've heard that people have had to respond a bit to be
0: It's just so exciting. I think a lot of people are going to listen to this Think, How do I get Jesse's job? (laughs) <laughs> because they, they want to be involved with the great cards. Yeah. And, and there's not a long uh, list of positions in this industry where you get a chance to do that. Some of the, the high end auction houses just, it's like working in a museum. We're very fortunate to be
1: honest with you. And uh, especially with the vault, we even assets that aren't selling, I get to see some just incredible pieces that come through the door every day. And it's fun to pop downstairs. We own our own vault, it's in our facility. My office is on top of it. So I can literally walk down the stairs, walk into the vault and take a look at whatever's in there. There's really cool stuff that comes in the door every day for vault and auction. This is a joke,
0: but I'm just saying it. If, if you were looking for a, a guard, a security guard that had to sit in the vault every day and uh, make sure nothing bad happened, <laughs> uh, if it was minimum wage, I might be interested. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll keep you in mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I could take an occasional shift.
1: There you go. There you go. The man-